Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness in this place. We give you thanks, Lord, that you love us and you long for us. Every expression of your love is seen in the amount of times that your mercy is extended towards us. Great love is expressed and manifest by the covering of many faults. And you have done that in our lives, Lord. And to him who much is forgiven, he loves much. So we're here not because of our own strength and not because of our own accomplishment, but because of your tender mercies and your love towards us, your goodness that is renewed time upon time. So in the same manner, Lord, reveal your heart to us this morning and allow us to understand your ways. Reveal who you are, who we are, where we are, and where we should be headed in the direction of your love, O oh God. Bless your word and allow it to be a, a seed planted in each heart. Bless your word and let it be light unto our path. Enlighten our thoughts, Lord, towards you. And let us draw near to you, Lord. Forgive us our sins, for they are many. Wash us with the blood of Jesus. That we might be released to do your pleasure. We give you thanks, O oh God, for the work you have done and with the work that you will finish according to your promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. There's no worse condition for any person than to be lost and not know it. And for the first 20 years of my life, that's, that was my condition. And, and, and there were times throughout the, that period of time that there were intermittent uh, glimpses of God trying to reach us for His purposes. The first time was moving into Texas. Well, the very first time, even before I was here, my dad was in Cuba and the Lord was trying to reach him. And uh, he was running from God all the way from that small town called Pinar de Rio. It's a small town in Cuba. And God was there knocking on my dad's heart uh, to no avail because my father uh, did not perceive, did not understand, and walked away from the Lord as the Lord tried to reach him. And so I, I know that in my life also there were many times where God tried to reach me and I stood there not wanting to listen to him. And so God finally broke through and got my attention. And... I want to read this particular paragraph in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, in verse 15. 2 Chronicles 36, 15. The Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, and they rose up early and he sent them because 
he had compassion on his people and on the place that he desired them to dwell, or his dwelling place. And there the motivation is that God has compassion and desires us to come to him. And verse 16 says their response was that they mocked the messengers of God. I did that also. The period of time that those that would bring the message from God were made fun of and belittled and despised. They despised his words. They made fun of his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people and there was no other remedy. There was no other alternative. I want to tell you that, that this is already into the relationship because it wasn't like this at the beginning. At the beginning, there was Adam and Eve, and they had such a relationship with God. They, the Bible says they, they had no clothes on. They were naked, and they weren't ashamed. I, I think that that's a description of something called intimacy. I want to call this message a world-changing intimacy because just cutting to the chase of everything we do, even having church this morning, even having uh, a, a worship time, a, a time of, of being together, fellowship time, a time of instruction, all these things serve one purpose, and I, I want to be able to cut to the chase. God wants you to be intimate with Him. And not only does He want you to be intimate with Him, He desires your intimacy. He desires to have a relationship with you that far exceeds just a casual acquaintance. And all these messages he's sending by his messengers to his people were to be received. All these messages of instruction were to not to be made fun of and belittled and mocked and rejected. They were to be received, welcomed, and cherished so that God and man could come together in a real powerful relationship. To sit here today and to not know God is a travesty because of everything God has done for us to get to know Him. Uh, the cross bears witness that the length that God has had to go to get our attention. And for many people, we sit there and see the cross, we hear the message, and we continue at a distance from God. There were men in the Bible that, that I thank God for, like David. And David says that he had, I look it up right now, uh, one desire in the whole earth. One desire in the whole earth in Psalm 73, verse 25. When he gave this expression... He says, my only desire in the whole earth is that I might be in that intimate relationship with God. And it seems to be that we're far from that. Let's go to Psalm 73, verse 25. Far from, from, from that relationship. Uh, whom do I have in the heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. This is why David is known as the man whose heart was closest to God's heart. His only desire was to have that relationship with God above all other relationships upon the earth. And you see that intimacy that David had with God and throughout the book of Psalms, the continual expressions of Lord, 
Let's go to verse 26. My flesh and my heart fail. I can't live if I'm not in this relationship. That's what people that are in love say. God is the strength of my heart, and He's my portion forever. He's the one that I need. He's the one that I need to come into His embrace. And just like any other relationship, there are steps to growing near to God. For some people, they don't even know they need the relationship. They don't know how amazing the relationship will be. They haven't gone into the depth of the relationship. Uh, David was saying, you're my very breath. I can't breathe if, if I'm not with you. Uh, Psalm 42, verse 1, he says, As a deer desires for water, so my inmost presence longs for you. So my, my innermost being, who I am at the core, wants to be next to you. Verse 2, he says, My inmost being thirsts for God, for the living God, for that God who's out there. And, and just like David, many men like Abraham decided to leave their city, leave their family, and they went in pursuit of the one they long to know and to serve. And our ability to do that begins to quench the inmost desire we have of intimacy. In other words, we try to fill this empty void that we were created to have by going into relationships with people, by going into relationship with a business uh, model of success, of, of trying to accomplish goals here upon the earth. And the whole, the whole of our creation was seen there at the garden as man was in fellowship with God and, and, and there comes a time of it, that disconnect. We could see it. We could see it clearly in, in Genesis chapter 3 in verse 9. Whatever man had done to remove themselves from that relationship, whatever it was, whatever you have done, Whatever your forefathers have done where you disconnected clearly from God. This is the voice of God calling to you since day one. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? Where are you in relationship to my design for your existence? Every fear is an expression of you being far from intimacy. All uncertainty. All desire, you know, you, you see it all the time. In, in Peru right now, there's, there's a serial murder. And he, he's killed two women. And he's in jail in Peru. And how is it that somebody has called him and asked him, will you marry me? Somebody sees the opportunity for a relationship. Somebody sees the opportunity for something called intimacy. The yearning of every single man upon the earth that is disconnected with God is seeking to find that relationship. I, I see throughout the Bible men like Abraham, Elijah, David, Jacob, 
who wrestled, who prayed, who, who went a distance, who lived lives in pursuit of God. And so, knowing that God has provision for us, knowing that God wants to address our anxieties, our fears, our uncertainties, even what am I going to do in an old age? Some people ask themselves. And I could see God in the heavens going, Hello? Hello? What are you going to do in the old age with a God who's passionately desiring to be intimate with you? Find Him. Seek Him. Try to find Him with all your heart like the Bible says. We read that in Jeremiah 29, 13. And God says, if you purpose in your heart to seek me with all your heart, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you have determined to do it with your entire being. Uh, I'm reminded yesterday as we were on the sand and somebody loses their keys and they can't find it, and six hours go by, and they said, I was just about to go and tell God I was willing to enter in a more serious relationship with them if they helped me find the keys. If, if I have God like my 911, if I have God taking care of business, if I have God that, that is able to meet my needs, then I'm willing to come closer to him. But the first step that we have to go in this direction is one, I hope that you're convinced, just by what we've already talked about, that God desires fully to be intimate with you. I'm talking about that that's powerful. God wants to speak to you. God wants to wake up in the morning, have you say good morning. When you're having breakfast, he wants to share breakfast with you. When you're, you're having a concern, he wants you to talk about the concern. He wants you to express his heart. Your heart to him. Understand his heart to you. And so the first part about knowing, I have to say, and, and sadly enough for some people, God has done everything necessary and then some to express his heart. His desire to know you and to walk with you. So the first step is our admitting that we're far from God. Admitting that, that like Moses, when, when God shows up to Moses and says, I have an amazing plan for the deliverance of my people. He says, who are you, God? Who are you? I, I think that that's the interchange of wanting to know God. Sad enough, man had disconnected. Sad enough, Children, and this has happened here at this church, have told their parents, know ye the Lord. Little, little kids telling mom and dad, hey, I, I think God wants us to be at his church. God wants us to go to church. God wants us to hear his word. So if the young are already having an understanding of drawing near to God, What's going on in our hearts that is so difficult? Psalm 61, verse 1, 
David cries out to the Lord. And I, I think as, as we move in this understanding, he says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayers. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to not be lost. I want to have, verse 2, From the very ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a place that's higher than I. Lead me to a higher place in my relationship with you. Verse 3. For you have been my shelter. You're a strong tower from those things that want to hurt me. You're my protector. You're my provider. Verse 4. I want to be in your presence. In your tabernacle forever, I want to trust in the shelter of your wings. So everything that we're exposed to, the elements, and, and there, there are a million in that regard, that expose us to things that we're not supposed to be exposed to. We get connected to the wrong things, walking in the wrong direction. All because there's a disconnect. Philippians 3.7. Paul realizes that he was connected to many things and he cannot be connected to things if he's going to be connected to God. All these things that we have connected to, these things which were gained to me, I'm going to consider them a loss. They're stealing from me the greatest relationship I could have and enjoy. Yet indeed, verse 8, all these things I count loss for a superior understanding. For a walk that's different. For a relationship that's different. And I count all these things as trash. I don't give them the value that I might come into the excellence of the knowledge of Christ that I might gain Him. In every one of our lives, there's, a different, there's different things. In the life of a person like Judas, there was 30 pieces of silver. He sold off his relationship with Jesus Christ because he was going to have a monetary return. I want to tell you that all the money in the world is only going to be sufficient for you to want to take your life if you're not in friendship with Christ. Not to say that money is bad. Not to say that prosperity is bad. All those things shall be added as you come into relationship with the Lord. And if these things are keeping you back from a relationship with God, I would have to advise you to give them all up like Paul did. These things are just keeping you away from having an intimate walk with the Lord. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, as we pass down this intimate relationship, and I, I, I think that that's our, you know, we, we have a relationship with the Lord. It's, it's, there's an interchange of knowing God, walking with God. Your children will ask you, why aren't you doing this? Well, because God doesn't like it. Why are we doing this? Well, because God is leading us this way. Well, when do you talk to God? All the time. And so your children will also inherit this relationship with God if you have it. It's 
First Chronicles 28, verse 9. He says, as for you, my son Solomon, walk in an intimacy with the God of your father. Serve him with a loyal heart. Have a willing mind. Heart and mind. An expression that those that are with you will be able to know that God is involved. My best friend for many years says, do me a favor, could you stop talking about God? I said, no. All you do is talk about God. Anybody you're in relationship with, you talk about. Anybody that you have an intimate exchange of heart and mind. I can't stop talking about God. And so David tells Solomon, make sure that you know the God of your father. Serve him with a loyal heart. Open up your thoughts to his thoughts. For the Lord is the one that searches your hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, if you want a relationship with him, he will be found by you. But if you let the, if you let the relationship cool down, if you stop pursuing a friendship with God, if you decide that you don't need God, that, that would be seriously foolish on your part. It says there, if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. The relationships we have here at the church, the relationship we have about me preaching this morning, this is all God desiring your heart. If you sit there and say, well, the pastor's taking too long in this sermon. It's not about a sermon. It's not about a church service. It's about a God who wants to have intimacy with you. Now, I stopped at breakfast, didn't I? But then you'll get in your car and God wants you to talk to him as you're driving to your work or to your school. Before you start your day, he wants to have an interchange with you. He wants to weigh upon your decisions. He wants to weigh upon your heart. In Psalm 14, verse 1, he says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. This guy wakes up in the morning without saying hello to God. He has breakfast. He's not talking to God. He's driving his car. He's not concerned with God. He's making decisions all day long. God is in none of his thoughts. All his ways are corrupt. They're twisted. He does works that are abominable with God. Why? Because God considered that he would be a part of your workday. He would be a part of your business dealings. He would be a part of what's taking place in your life. There is none who is walking like this with the perfection of the relationship. In verse 2, he says, from the heavens, God is looking down to the earth. He's looking down right now. He's hearing this message. He's looking down from the heavens upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand what God wants them to understand. If any are able to weigh what God wants them to weigh, who seek God. The purposeful scheduling of faithfulness. If you want to have a good relationship with a client, do you miss an appointment? If your heart is pursuing to... Make sure that that woman that you want to marry knows that you're serious. Do you miss a date? Do you miss the opportunity 
to exchange? Do you miss the opportunity to go deeper in that relationship? The Lord is looking down from heaven and He sees that. And He wants you to know who He is in its entirety. I'm, I'm, you know, th- there might be a president of the United States. There might be a business owner. I was talking yesterday with my, with my cousin who went to dental school. And he had issues with his transcripts and his grades. And he wanted to go see the head of the university. Nobody sees the head of the university. He made 100 appointments and the guy would continue to postpone them and and change them and hoping that the guy wouldn't show up. Hoping that he wouldn't pursue the, the, the gathering, the meeting. But he was there every morning at 9 o'clock, every morning at 9 o'clock, every morning at 9 o'clock. The guy gave up. He says, okay, go inside and talk to the bed. And so these are heads of states, heads of university, heads of important organizations that won't give you the time of day. And the God of the universe has an open door 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every moment of time, desiring for you to come in. For he, he has bared himself naked on the cross. He has removed everything that keeps you away. He has broken the curtain between the holy place and the holy of holy. It says it, it just split open from top to bottom. Sacrifice of a lamb? No, sacrifice of his son. One sacrifice perfect for all times. That you would have nothing holding you back. That, that's why... I find it difficult to be able to come up with excuses of why I, when I accepted the Lord, I said, Lord, I know that I'm going to be foolish when I stand before your presence trying to give you the reason why I disrupted our relationship. It's going to be really foolish to come up with with all sorts of, well, you know, just that first well is not going to be well. Anything that we bring as as our offering of why we did not have a perfect, deep, profound relationship with God. So I told God this. I don't want to stand before your presence to give cheap excuses and reasons why I did not have a relationship with you. So please help me honor what you desire. Please help me get to the place where I do have a relationship and it's not hindered by sin. It's not hindered by pride. It's not hindered by busyness. It's not hindered by my affections being set on other things, which is horrific. Horrific that we grab our affections and we place them in the wrong places. And then the the treason of you cannot serve two masters because you'll love one and hate the other. So on Wednesday night, if you were here, on Thursday night, I gave the secret to my relationship with God. I transfer my highest and most treasured possessions in His presence. I want to be there because that's where I've put my time, my talents, and my treasure. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. How horrible it is for people to sow treasure in different places. How horrible it is. So God wants us to know his attributes. 
And I, I want to ask you this morning, you might not know God, and you might sit here like Moses and say, I don't know. But let me ask you, do you know one character attribute of God? Do you know that God is love? And he loves profoundly. He doesn't love like men love. Men love right before they're going to have intimacy with their wife, and then that's it. Then they're a bunch of jerks. They have not learned how to love like God loves. They have not learned how to embrace like God embraces. But the attribute of how God has shown us his love, and, and Ephesians says if we, if we profound, if we get deep into that understanding, we will know God himself because the very attribute of who he is is found in the depth of his love. When he so loved the earth that he gave his son, that's deep. His love is not an intellectual love. It's not a theological love. If you read with me, you will see in Ephesians 3, verse 18, that you might be able to comprehend, walk to the depth of all, with all those who know the love of God, what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, Verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses everything you can even imagine, so that you might be filled with all that God is. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. To, perf to, to perfect God's love in you. This is awesome. A lot of times we, we're feeling that God doesn't love us and it's because we haven't kept His commandments. We've fallen far away from His desire for us. The Bible says, I believe it's Proverbs 19, verse 3, that a man through stupid decisions messes up his life and then blames God. You make stupid decisions. You do things outside of His command. The foolish of a man twists his ways, and then his heart is angry at God. Look what you did, God. God didn't do that. If you go back to where you left his instruction, if you follow his instruction, you'll find his love. Say that. If you follow his commandment, you will find his love. If you follow his instruction, you'll find his love. And I'm marveled by the love of God. I'm marveled by the embrace of God. And each day, the Lord wants to deepen our relationship. You could imagine, you could imagine how deep 29 years walking in the direction of His love is, how deep, how boundless, how amazing. How amazing the love of God in every detail, in every little expression of His love. So much so that David says, who am I that you care for me so much? Why, why have you placed so much value on my existence? Go back to this opening up of his heart, because I, th I think it's important that, that we might measure the depth of the relationship desired by the nakedness and unashamedness and openness of his heart towards us. Have you, have you been able to perceive how God is welcoming you into the inner sanctions the, the only description he gives in the Bible that can surely match this is he says, you're invited to the inner chambers 
of the husband's bedroom. That's intimate. That's intimate. He wants a husband-wife relationship. He gave us marriage so we would understand what intimacy is. Could I have a show of hands of how hard it is to be intimate with your spouse? You know who, where the problem is? Right here. We're the ones. My wife says, hey, I want to talk to you. Mm, 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 mm. You grunt. <clears throat> I want to hear you. I want to feel you. <clears throat> There's no intimacy. And God, God is perfecting our ability to be intimate with the relationships that he has established, such as marriage, husband, and wife. And God reveals his character through the names that he has. Do you know some of the names of God? Um, have you ever, with your spouse, with your loved one, do you have a nickname? Poopy. Hey, choo-choo. Mimi. All these nicknames that reveal the desire to, hey, you know something? Let's, let's put away all the sophistication. You're not, you're not Robert. You're not Ralph. You're my... And God is wooing us to a closer relationship by removing the formalities. Do you know the names of God? Has he revealed his character through his names? Are you able to see deep inside that relationship what the mind of God is, what the purpose of God is, what the plan of God is? Some of us are blind to that. Why? Because there's no intimacy. There is no coming together. God reveals his desires. Uh, I had to find a lot of things in my relationship with Yvette. All the things that only I would know. And the, the only reason I would know them is because I've spent so much time. Because we've interchanged. And, and early on as I was getting to know her. One of my passions and desires uh, as a small boy, and this seems simple, but it was applesauce. I love applesauce. You put applesauce, I eat a whole jar of applesauce. And Yvette hates applesauce. I haven't had applesauce for years <laughs> because I love my wife. And I share intimacy with her. So her likes are my likes, and, and my likes are her likes. One of my passions was pets. I love, we always had a pet at home. And I, I tried every which way to get a pet at home. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why? Because there's intimacy. I embrace what she embraces, and I don't embrace what she doesn't embrace. As a result of the relationship. Some people say, God, where are you and why don't I have a relationship with you? And God is saying, listen to me, it's not on my part that we don't have a closer relationship. It's not from my vantage point that we have not talked. It's real important that we might see God in this illustration. As he tells his people, it has nothing to do with my approach to this matter. Isaiah 59, verse 1, he says, Behold, it's not my hand that is not reaching out to you. It's not my hand that doesn't want to hold your hand. It's not my hand that doesn't want to help you and to 
protect you. Nor is it my ear that I don't want to hear you. I'm not stopping up my ears to say, I'm not going to listen. It's not from my vantage point that I don't want to have intimacy. It's not from my heart. Verse 2, he says, but your iniquities have separated you from me. And your sins have hidden me from your face. Hidden his face from you. So that he can't hear and his hands... Your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers are with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. Let me ask you something. Do you want a relationship with God that's based on untruth, lies, cheap thrills, cheap, superficial, high and by God? God doesn't want that. I had a man ask me one time. They were best friends for many years. He got married. He had a child, and for five years I didn't see his child, except he would only invite me to his son's birthday once a year. And so every year we would get the birthday to go to his son's birthday. And he had disconnected from our friendship. So that couple years down the road, I I said, listen, you know why I never go to your son's birthday? Because I'm not interested in a a one-day-a-year relationship with your family. I want to know your son. I want to see him at baseball. I want to see him at school. I want, I want to enjoy that relationship. But don't, don't cut me short of having a relationship. That's what God's saying. I don't want a Sunday relationship with you. I don't want you to walk into my house once a week and sit there and say how much you love me. And then the rest of the week, you're cheating on me. And you're acting like I don't want you to act. And my commandments are far from you. And my love is not being perfected in you. So that's what he's telling. And so verse 4, he says this, No one is calling out for a real relationship, nor does anybody plead for truth. They are putting their confidence in empty words, and they speak lies. They're bringing forth a lot of destruction. They hatch viper eggs and weave spider webs. He who eats of their eggs dies. And from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Every time, you know, this thing about everything is crushed, a viper comes out. It says, verse 5. At the end, it says, and from that which is crushed, a viper comes out. Every time you crush one of the boundaries of God's walls, the devil has a plan. You're going to see some real venomous, poison, toxin, deadly substance. Issuing forth every time you trample one of his boundaries. Every time you you turn your back in a direction that his love desires you not to go in. In Isaiah 26 verse 9. This is his heart. For with my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn what is right. When we're all following what God wants to establish in our lives, then we're going to get an idea. Oh, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to know God's attributes, his character, his name. God wants you to know his blessings. He wants you to know his commandments. He wants you to know his promises. He wants you to know his resources. Are you desirous of that this morning? Do you want to walk nearer to the heart of God? He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. 
If you get intimate with me, I'll get intimate with you. Don't let anybody cut in God's intimacy with you. He wants to give you away. He wants to give you as a gift. He doesn't want you to give yourself away. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Him. He wants to grant you the things that He has prepared and planned for. Powerful God. I want to share just uh, this last thing and we'll finish here. Levels of intimacy. First, when we get together with somebody, the first time we meet, we'll, we'll talk about, hey, did you notice? Well, notice what? Well, it's outside it's raining. Something outside of yourself that brings the bond. Sometimes it's called the cliche. Did you see this movie? Did you see this book? It's something outside of who you are. And God doesn't want you to have that relationship with him. Hey, did you notice there's a church down the street? Uh, I bought a Bible. There, you know, there's, there's a retreat going on. All these things are, are cliches. And then people that are able to uh, come together and, and, and speak on the same terms. I, I don't know anybody who's going to get together with, with somebody who is speaking differently. And those, those things that they speak differently have to be something outside of themselves. Because as you get closer to a person, you begin to exchange opinions. You won't tell your opinion to a total stranger because he'll say, that's you. You have to talk about common things. Not what you think about them, but you know, what's going on. For you to be able to exchange your opinions, that requires a little bit closer of a relationship. And then a little bit closer, you begin to tell them your hopes and dreams. You know, one day uh, I would like this to take place. Somebody who's not in a relationship doesn't want to hear what you hope and dream about. Doesn't concern themselves to open up their hearts to concern what you're, what's in your heart. You don't open up your heart to somebody who doesn't cherish it. And then, if it goes a little bit deeper, you'll be able to talk about your feelings. Hey, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? You're not going to be in relationship with somebody who doesn't care how you feel. And then we get a little bit deeper and we're talking about fears and failures. That's the dark side. Luke, I'm your father. Here you go. Now that we're deep into this, guess what? This is my dirty laundry. And I was only able to share it with you because I know you love me. I know you're close. You're not going to hurt me. And the God of the universe is able to go through all these scenarios. And, and he wants to hear your dirty laundry. He says, I've taken care of it. No sweat. As far as the east is from the west, your sins are removed from you. I have washed you in the greatest detergent of all time. There's nothing that you can tell me that could keep me from loving you. And then we go to the last of those things, of being able to not only see the dirty laundry, but how is it that I can meet your needs? One of the biggest travesties we have in church is that people won't stand long enough to be able to see what other people's needs are. And I guarantee you one thing, as I stand here in the presence of God, each person sitting here this morning has a need. Some of us have been able to share our needs but some of us do not want to look over to the side and ask that person, 
How can I help you? How can I pray? How can I visit? How can I help meet what you're longing for? You know who does? Say with me together, God. He's sitting here saying, bring all your burdens upon me. Bring your cares upon me. Bring your needs and every single one of them. He says, I will meet your needs far beyond exceedingly above what you've asked. That's God. Let's stand this morning and turn our hearts towards the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, you want intimacy with me? Help me. Help me be true in my walk with you. Help me be real. We've, we've come a long way this morning from the point of knowing where we were, knowing where we've fallen from, and knowing where we need to return. And Christ has said that He is the way. He is the way that we're able to accomplish this. He is the truth about these affairs. He is the life that allows these things to become a reality. You know, when you have that relationship with God, everything else fades. Everything else disappears. We are relieved. Yesterday there was a baby crying on a, uh, not crying, she was sleeping on, a, on her chair. Her parents have made full provision for everything. She was embraced by the love of mom and dad who had given her all things and she was just basking in the feelings of I'm enjoying intimacy. So I wanted, to, I wanted to participate a little bit. At the end of the day, she was dead tired and she just rolled out and she was about to, she was about to sleep her nap. She took like a four-hour nap. And I knew she was headed in that direction. So I said, hey, Daniela, could pastor come and take a nap with you? And she goes, this is mine. This, this is what I'm enjoying. And God wants you to enjoy rest in Him. God wants you to enjoy His provisions. You, you could only imagine, I, I could only scratch the surface of what I've shared this morning. But I hope that that leads you in the direction of this huge, huge, deep, deep, deep relationship with God. That you would be unshaken, that there would be no fret, that there would be no fear. An open door has been given to us that we might walk in so we sing this song i want you to be able to respond to god's love this morning and say god quit help me to quit putting intimacy in those things that have no promise falling short of the fullness that you have